All right, everybody. Hey, how are you doing today? Uh, Ernest Dixon at Coffee Break. I got some lovely people here with me, uh, co-hosts uh, of my heart. I have Dr. Tara Dunn-Raw. She is here to join in with us. And my boy, Mark J. Mark Jemison. Uh, big homie. But Mark, I know, you know, it's just, I had to do it. It's just me. <laughs> I wouldn't be me. If I, and then this is, you know, this is just a coffee break. We're just here to chat with the people. We're thankful for everybody coming. Listen, it's the season finale. I don't know how I made it, you guys, with, I think this is episode number eight or nine. I don't even, I, I haven't even been able to keep up. I can't believe it was supposed to be just a once a month thing, maybe like three or four episodes totaled. I watched the first episode, was like, we're doing it every week. And I was like, no, I don't want to do it every week. And, and he was like, you got the voice, the voice, the pastor voice, which way you, which voice you talk about? I don't even know, clergy voice, I, the voice. I don't want to be the voice, the singing voice, maybe. But um, eight, nine episodes in, it's been good. We've, I checked my Spotify uh, statistics last night. I said, ooh, I didn't know. I had to be careful then. You know, when I started checking them statistics, I said, ooh. Dixon, you got to be careful. They started listening to you, buddy. You know, you can get a little bit beside yourself at times. But to all my folks who listen to me on Spotify, who watch these, thank you so much. Special shout out to you. I'm so excited about uh, season two. But before we get out of season one, it's the I just want to like pop fireworks or something. You know, pew, 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 all those different noises, Mark. You know, I should. Uh, season two. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I all fun. those, all those sound effects, and and and, and whole sad. I'm, I'm, you know, claiming those, believing those, and anyway. But hey, we're here today. Thank y'all. Y'all look so good, and 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 I know that <clears throat> you at work and you got many things to do. Thank y'all for having a coffee break, a little little time for a little me. I'm very appreciative. Everybody, give it up. Just a little round of just a round of applause for Dr. Ross and for uh, Mark J. Thank y'all so much. So listen, I've said your names at least two or three times. Tell the people who you are, away from, and what you do, and, and and how your week is going so far. Mark, kick it off for us. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. I am Mark Jimerson, and I am the Donor Relations and Engagement Specialist here at Heinz Community College, working exclusively with the Heinz Community College Foundation. Um, and so my role here at the college is to grow our Black alumni network and also um, increase Black student scholarships. And so I'm engaging with business and industry leaders, also with our foundation board members, boards of trustees, um, trying to gain more scholarship opportunities for our Black American students, and also get them to fund some of our Black student initiatives here at the um, institution. So I'm very excited about this new role that I'm starting. Um, the week has been jam-packed with meetings, but it's been a great week. Um, and I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Mark, that just did put a smile on my face. Because, you know, you told me. Yes. I mean, you told me he was in a new position. I didn't know what it was. I just like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, woo. We yeah. got to talk. Dr. Yeah. Ross, what's going on over there? Let the people know who you are. Sure. Well, good morning to each of you. I am Tara Dunn-Ross, and I serve as the Vice President of Student Affairs at Lemoyne Owen College in Memphis, Tennessee. 
Lemoyne One College is a private HBCU. And of course, we are in a space where we are growing and of course, just um, reimagining what we would like for our student experience to be here. So I'm glad to be a part of the process, glad to be here today. And of course, just glad to be able to talk about, um, of course, something that's very dear to my heart and that's higher education and students choosing higher ed. Thank you, Dr. Ross. Hey, listen, y'all, <clears throat> gotta go ahead and put it out there. So it's so funny. Mark J worked, worked for me when I was back at Heinz and I worked for Dr. Ross when she was at Heinz. She was my boss. And I tell you, these are probably two of the most people, humble people, um, faith living, driven people that I've met. I could expound on so many words. I mean, they make me smile when I see them. I'm blessed by their presence and I'm grateful. They have grateful hearts. I don't think I could have made it uh, as an HD without Mark. And, and I thank God for the wisdom that he gave um, Dr. Rawls who uh, continue to give us teachable moments and to uh, show us <laughs> that we should walk with a purpose. <laughs> and so I, just give them, I give them kudos. I give them shout outs and, 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 and all that for that. So that's why this season finale is special to me. I'm, I'm ending it with people who I care about and who have gone and done uh, greater things. And I'm just so excited. We're gonna, we're gonna be talking about a topic this, uh, this morning uh, and again, it's just our coffee break. It's just a coffee chat. What coffee y'all drinking? I'm drinking. Mark, I got to tell people that they got to get, hey, listen, y'all got to shoot me some, uh, some different coffee. I'm waiting for the Blossom Cup to come from Mark and I asked about it yesterday. But people at home who listen to Spotify can't see my cup. I didn't broke the handle, but it holds so much coffee. I keep <laughs> it. But it's still getting the job done. Hello, somebody. What coffee y'all drinking? Y'all drinking? What you drinking this morning, Mark? So I've already had my coffee, but my favorite coffee is the Blueberry Cobbler blend from Strange Brew Coffee House. So it's a coffee house based in Tupelo, Mississippi, but they also have a branch in Starkville, Mississippi. And so I still get my coffee shipped to my house because I need it in my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is that a Keurig cup? What is that? Is that it, so they do have K-Cups, but Can you give me one. I just want to I got you. Because Dr. Ross, some blueberry cobbler though. Please. Sounds good. It's Sounds nice. good. What? My grounds here. I can see some. Like it's ready. <laughs> you can smell it through the bag. I don't know. That might be too sweet for me, but we <laughs> we'll <laughs> brew one up for me. I will uh uh just a look. Just a little, not even a third. <laughs> just give me just a little. Doc, what you drinking over there? Water. In <laughs> a boss bottle. <laughs> How did you know? How did you know? Listen. Admittedly, and I don't know if this is a prerequisite to be at the coffee chat, but uh -huh. I am not a coffee drinker. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I, no, I'm not. So um, small story, um, I realized as I became to be an adult and I had to start adulting that <laughs> coffee is a, is a social um, 
piece as well, I guess. Mm-hmm. So um, I had to learn that when people ask me to go to coffee, that of course there is some form of business that may be taking place there. So um, one day I was with a friend and she ordered a uh, chai tea latte. And I said, oh, I said, I said, I don't drink coffee. She said, well, you should try this. And so that has been my go-to when it comes to me going to a coffee shop. I do a chai tea latte with yeah. almond milk. Um, so mm. not quite the coffee, but it does allow for the occasion to happen for the coffee break. I like that. You know, we'll let you have, I had another guest on here and, and she, and she stayed, my brother got the coffee, but I got the tea. Let's drink. So there you go. Amen. We'll, we'll I like let, it. I know. We'll let you have your tea any day. Mark <laughs> the book, so when she comes to visit us down here in the South, uh, we'll we have to have you and this blueberry cobbler. Oof. That's that pretty tasty. I don't know about that blueberry, but Mark, just just hand me a cup ready. I I, I try to be always don't, don't, don't y'all judge me. It's part of waking up in the morning. Uh, one being <laughs> on the wake up list is my number one favorite part of waking up. And number two, Amen. my blackberry cobbler coffee. Yeah, if I was a coffee drinker, I think that that would be on my my taste list. Yes. Because I don't need to eat the blackberry cobbler because mm-hmm. I don't need the calories. I don't need the carbs. But you can get every morning is now, right. now look at you being I am <laughs> <laughs> done with both of y'all. I'm done. Listen, Dr. Ross, share with us uh, your journey. Tell us uh, how you became even interested in this field and where you are now. Definitely. So um, I always... Um, love to tell this story because my story started as a college student. Um, I remember my freshman year of college, um, I was planning to go to school and then of course come home on the weekends. Um, of course, I attended Delta State University and I'm originally from Picayune, Mississippi. I always like to shout out Picayune because that's home. Shout that's out where Picayune. my upbringing is. That's where family is. And so um, if you look geographically, Picayune is at the very bottom of the state. And then, of course, Delta State is, is you know, in the Delta. So all of that to say this, it made sense for me to just strictly be in, in class during the week, come home on the weekends. Um, that changed, of course, when I became an RA and um, it became a trickle effect after that. Um, I started to get involved on campus. Um, being an RA, of course, got me acquainted with um, understanding how the housing experience specifically impacted all facets of the college. And so, of course, I got involved on campus, got excited about what student affairs was, and I wanted to make a career out of it. And so, of course, my first job, as you know, was at Heinz Community College. And I started as assistant director of housing, where I got to, of course, oversee the RA program as well as the orientation program. And so I would definitely say that that was the beginning of, um, of my career. Um, of course, starting as a student, kind of transitioning into um, supervising the student experience. And then, of course, got involved with committees and, um, and then, of course, student success. And so that landed me into... Um, the position that I had before this one, which was the Dean of Students position at Northwest Community College. Um, I was there for about five years. Um, again, 
building. Uh, we, of course, always think about our job descriptions as what we learn and what we know, and that's our craft. But it's important for us to really engage with the campus climate, even beyond what your scope of view is. And that's how you truly learn, and that's how you collaborate, and that's how you begin to get an understanding of the field. So as I began to do that, my understanding of the field uh, began to grow. And of course, it brought me to where I am today as Vice President of Student Affairs, um, because again, I truly, truly, truly love how all of those pieces intricately go together to create a quality student experience. And so, so that's, that's how it started as a student um, involved on campus. And now, of course, just really being able to see how all of those things um, come together to create a student experience for our students here at LeMond. Y'all hear that? Doc mm -hmm. said started at her student experience. Listen, you're not too, you're never too old to go to school or to even just learn something. I remember um, uh, Mr. House used to uh, use an analogy where he would say that uh, you could even learn from a cat. I used to be like, what the world? <laughs> you can learn from a cat. He said you were saying watch the cat uh, jump from this place to this place or just sitting there so quiet and, and so forth. And I was like, what? Sometimes that teach you patience that not all the time do you mood uh, or things work as fast as you want them to move, but learn how to be patient and learn to be still. And so um, I, all those different nuggets, but uh, I would tell everybody that Dr. Ross have, have given so many nuggets in my lifetime. So remember and keep that and learn as a student. I, I would say anything for, for you, Doc, is that even just watching, uh, you've learned some in every level. It's, mm -hmm. it's even uh, more, um, because we talk about religion uh, on, on the podcast, scripture based, you know, I think about uh, David and when he had to defeat the, the giant, he had to learn how to use. So you learned everything that you, and now you have a giant and you could use all the different tools that you've learned to use and not using somebody else's stuff. Hello, you know, using mm -hmm. what you, what you've been gifted. And so I, again, I mean, ah, and, and we really do thank you for being here. And so I just wanted to put my little two cents in while I sip my coffee and Mark share. Mark, share with the people. Mark, what made you get into what you're in, uh, into to today? Listen, like Dr. Dunn Ross, I will say it all started as a student. Um, coming to Heinz as a freshman, starting off my first semester um, as a resident assistant um, in the housing and residence life office. Um, working with the two people I'm here with today was the best experience of my life. I always tell people that every job that I've had, that foundation started as an RA, working with different populations of students having conversations with their parents, engaging with different um, professionals on campus, and then being a part of Heinz Connection, our student ambassadors group, made me really fall in love with Harriet. I always tell people, I didn't find the field, the field found me. Wow, um, that's beautiful. I started in this thing, I thought I was gonna be an early childhood education teacher, but like I was completely different <laughs> like my mom. Like Eltha, like shout out to Eltha. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was my that was my goal. Um, and so even once I finished my undergraduate degree, starting full time here at the college, um, working in enrollment services was a gateway for me to help those students who didn't think that higher education was for them, that they had an avenue. 
for um, coming to college, you know, working with the Foundation Scholarship Program, providing access through funding for students who didn't know how they were going to pay for school. Let them know, don't worry about the money piece. We got that for you. Let's get you through um, the enrollment funnel, get you admitted so that you can be successful. Um, and then after, you know, doing that job for some time, went to Mississippi State, worked in online education. So looking at access from a different perspective for those who were location bound, but wanted to gain a degree um, yep. for either career advancement, um, or we even had students who were career changers um, to just get some additional skills. I also did some of it at Jackson State before returning to Hines to work yeah. with students who had been impacted by COVID to get them re-engaged with the institution. Um, but now in this new role, I feel like I'm taking access to another perspective because my job for so long has been to share the opportunities um, of the institution to our students. But now it's sharing this story with, with individuals who are interested and um, giving the gift of education. And so I think that that's one of the best gifts on earth is give the gift of education for those who are wanting to better themselves, be better for, them, for their families, personal, in any aspect, how they want to better themselves. And by giving those funds and in, investing in our students is something that I'm very excited about. Uh, we always hear that the community colleges or even HBCUs are the best kept secrets. Um, however, yes. I think if we share our story, we will yes. no longer be the best yes. kept secret. Mark, Dr. Ross, sound like Mark needs to be a vice president of student affairs. Look. Oh my listen, and, and some days I think about it, I'm like, you know what, Dixon? Because I struggled at first switching into the ed tech field. I was like, man, you got a, a, a bachelor's, a master's, a specialist in education. Your associates went, was in technology. What in the world, why, why in the world did you switch from the K through 12 and now you're in ed tech? And, and God really just finally painted the picture and said, I need you to have all those tools mm -hmm. in order to do what you're doing. There's a business inside of you and there's knowledge uh, inside of you. Now I need you to go out there in the world. And when I say I've, I've, we have traveled and I have got a chance to network and to travel and to share my story. And when we there are new IT directors share experiences of what we did in our school district or even with curriculum teams. I'm so grateful and so thankful. Uh, so same thing. And you know, it starts from when we were students moving to our um, collegiate uh, lives, but what topic, here's the topic. Students are not really as focused or interested in going to school like we were. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why or or what is going on. Um, and you, you uh, both of you are in, in, at the community college and HBCU. Uh, do, do you have even just maybe a thought of what's going on in that realm? Uh, just share, because I, 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 my brain is ragged. And I'll tell you why, my high school students are dropping out of school and, and they're calling me talking about, I quit school because my basketball coach set me down off the bench for three games. Well, did you not have, you know, your career, your what you're going to school for? Is that not worth it? What, what's going on? Dr. Ross, do you mind sharing first? 
Sure. So I do believe that access is, is beautiful and wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, we have to recognize that access gives um, channels for alternative thinking, for mm -hmm. alternative uh, methods. Um, and we, of course, um, specifically have to look at even just with social media. Um, of course, there wow. has been um, a level of access that students have to see, hey, my favorite influencer is making X amount of money and that person doesn't have a degree. Um, I want to be that. Um, of course, my favorite um, YouTuber or whatever the role may be, um, the alternative um, methods of, of receiving income seems to be a little bit more appealing than sitting in a classroom for mm -hmm. two years or sitting in a classroom for four years. Um, that appeal, that excitement, that um, thrill of instant money, instant gain, popularity, wow. um, that of course is just a little bit more appealing than a, a higher education institution. And yeah. so I do think that that may have a lot to do with why our students are choosing not to, um, of course, attend higher ed institutions. Um, even beyond that, systematically, we have to think about what type of product are we producing and what is that message saying to potential students? Are our graduates actually getting jobs? Are they landing jobs in their field? Um, are those jobs, of course, promising to that student or to that new graduate the money, the expectation, the fulfillment that they were desiring initially. And so we have to think about, is that promise being fulfilled of what this, of what this degree is supposed to give you once you complete? And I believe that many of our potential students um, have not found that to be um, as rewarding as what the, uh, the investment and the time would require. Doc, listen. CEO, don't watch this episode. Doc, when you get uh, your own school or whatever happened in your life, I'm, I'm here for the journey. You can call me and Marjay. Marjay, you ready? Woo! I'm ready. <laughs> she always do. Good God Almighty. I just, be, and who could have said it better? I, I mean, you covered every point. And even while you were speaking, I mean, I just felt like the light bulb of illuminate, you know, shut out the blocks that we eliminate distraction and we're sparking curiosity. The light bulb went on. And this is why this podcast is so needed because someone needed to hear that. I mean, I was sharing with a friend the other day who went to school and got a degree. And then he's like, now I'm working. Um, what do you say? Now I'm working at at the at, at waste management. Nothing wrong with working at waste management, but why'd you get a master's degree in uh, civil science and now you're working at waste management? He said, "Well, there was no positions open in my field, and then what was opening were putting me at an entry level, and I can make more money working at waste management." That's like it, it blew it blew. <laughs> I can't tell you no. It blew my mind. I was like, man, you might have to move. Let's just move states. It, which, you know, becomes another little thing because there's so many people who could do so many good things, even in their community, but they would rather just move because of the opportunities uh, somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, but it, again, like you said, it's the access. And when students see uh, us or even are around people that they're just talking to and man, I didn't go to school. I'm over here driving trucks and I moved down to Texas and now I'm everywhere and I'm bringing home uh, $4,000 a week, $4,000 a week. You pay in taxes. Yeah. I pay a little taxes here and there, but I mean, I made 4,000 a week. So by the end of the month, I made 
you, I mean, and so it's those things and nothing wrong. Again, shout out to all career technical uh, trades and everything like that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but there's a disconnection that's going on somewhere. And we need to figure out a way from K through 12, from communities, families, Mm-hmm. Um, even higher ed, uh, what can we do to kind of switch this thing around? My my boys asked me the other day. They said, "Uncle, okay, well, you fin- are you finished?" And um, I love one of my uh, panelists who said, "Because I, I asked, I said, Shh, I, I'm in the first year of my doctorate. I'm ready to give up." And um, she said, "Yeah, most people are." but you have to tie it to something. It can't just be, oh, I'm just going uh, just to get my name switched over to Dr. Dixon. What are you tying that to? Because if you don't, you're going to give up. And she said for her, it had to be about her kids. And I said, shh, I had the opportunity. And you guys may know or may not know this. I'm having the opportunity of raising two nephews after losing my sister who battled cancer, two nieces as well. But for the two young men who were in my house who's 14 and nine, I, I, I want to do it for them. Mm-hmm. I want to do it for them so that they can have, I, I'm in the house with someone who uh, didn't want to just become a statistic, uh, but he wanted to set the example and want to show the roadmap. And so I'm hoping that maybe with us being more vocal, uh, and given this type of access to students, and maybe we can reshift a couple of things. And so, Mark, what do you think? What, what even community college? Kids don't want to go to community college. When I grew up, you know, it's like you going to thirteenth year. You know, everybody right. from high school. Did they right. say it? Yeah. Uh, everybody, you know, who, who wants to go to the community college? They don't treat us like adults. We out of mama house. We want to go, you know, and be free. And I don't know why they think that their freshman year of university that they're just free. They're adults. I mean, technically they are. But mm-hmm. no one, you know, either you're going to community college because your mom say you got to go because we don't have enough finances to go to university. Or you just, you know, you decided you don't want to go, but what is that? I know that was so a lot I to really unpack. have to shape that experience for our students when they come in, um, because a lot of them, of course, don't want to come to community college or don't want to go to college at all. Mm-hmm. And so like Dr. Dunn Ross mentioned, the instant gratification, what they're seeing through social media. And my first question to them is how sustainable is that? Because we've seen so many social media platforms come and go mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. And so I let them know we're here to make you employable, whether this through a workforce mm-hmm. program program, whether this career technical program or put you on the academic track because your success cannot be time limited for me. I want to see you go above and beyond for yourself because you have so much potential and you have a life to live. And I want to I want to see that because we're here right now building that foundation for you. So I throw out the affordability piece, how they can save thousands, how they we have so many scholarship opportunities. Like I don't want you taking out loans at the community college because we have so many opportunities. Wow. Small class sizes, how convenient it is not only from a location perspective but from our course formats and having so many multiple start dates throughout a semester. 
um, talking about our student activities and engagement pieces, like sharing my experiences, like being involved in as an RA, being in gospel choir, being with RHA, being in MOCS, being uh, in Heinz Connection, those opportunities shaping that experience to let them see themselves in that experience as well. Like, what are you interested in? What did you do in high school? Like, what do you want the college experience to be? Because for one time in your life, this is all about you. Yeah. All about you. Wow. And, um, just trying to shape that experience with them is what I enjoy. And you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but that's just that's just my approach to it because I do believe that there is a tremendous disconnect that you mentioned. Um, and I also think we can do a better job from an institutional perspective because I don't want to pass that accountability piece on to like parents and students themselves. Mm -hmm. But I think from an institutional perspective, wow. that we have to do better of sharing our uh, our opportunities to students and shaping that experience for them because we can't do it the same way we, we've done it for the last hundred years. We have to change our approach as well. Even in the K twelve uh, system, would you yes. would say? Yes. I believe so too. I believe that the, the curriculum should be, uh, of course, there there are some models who are doing the career in college ready, but sometimes it's it's just that level one. You don't think about how we get to the level two. I, I again, my guest last week blew my mind. Kids who were going through um, a biomedical program in a white coat ceremony, and in me, I was like, "Them babies ain't doctors yet. What the world? They get some white coats though, yeah. but." They wanted them to see their future. Sure, sure. Shut your mouth. Mm -hmm. You know, because you could take up that trade in high school, but not carry out in that career mm -hmm. all these years and, and and the knowledge and the study that you put into all the advancement that you put into it, and just just to then go to college. And not saying that they cannot change their career. Of course, we have those. But do you know what that? did for those students who you went to a white coat ceremony was able to invite your family and friends I was excited just to have the right. yes, that this was this is a moment and, and whoever's not doing that uh, in your program or don't have that program mm -hmm. opportunity hey I'm plugging that in for you think about those different ways that you think about a person who's doing diesel mechanics what if you took those babies out to, a, I mean, I know COVID, we have COVID you know, restrictions and things like that at this moment. And hopefully people are doing what they need to do in order to keep themselves safe. What if you took them out to a real diesel mechanic uh, uh, manufacturer shop and, and, and really kind of saw that on the job experience? I would probably stay in my program. Mm -hmm. a, a person who, a student who's going to be a school counselor, what if they got to really job shadow the counselor and see day to day and get get this opportunity to really uh, get that hands-on experience. Uh, so, I mean, job shadow was a theme back in our day. I don't know about you know what's still going on to this day, and I know that hopefully programs have kind of built around that model. But um, I don't know. We we're getting there. I, I, I'm I'm hoping it's 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 kind of like one of my things. But Dr. Ross, it sounds like. Uh, even when you open up your opening statement, that's what you guys are, that, that's a model that you guys are doing uh, at your, uh, uh, your, your university, true? 
Well, we are definitely incorporating our career services department into a lot of the things that we do, on, even on the front end. Um, for example, we have a, um, a middle college on the, the campus um, and they had a, yeah, so um, they, of course, were recruiting middle school students to, of course, the to the, the high school program. And so that to say this, um, our career services director was there. Um, because of course, for us, it's about making the connection and you can't make that connection too early. Our students see where they want to be now. Mm -hmm. So they may not know what that path looks like. They may not even know what that position looks like, but they know what success looks like. Again, we talked about access earlier. So we know that these students want a particular lifestyle. We know that they want um, to be able to gain something um, from what, from the longevity of being in the classroom. <clears throat> That's as it is. You start with the end in mind, make the connection uh, of saying, hey, this is where you are, but there's a linear path that can help get you to where you want to, want to be. And even if you just know generically that this is what success looks like, for you, there needs to be a path. And starting those students out with just understanding career services and, and how we can help support you along the way, I believe is, is, is the answer to that. Um, our career services department here on the campus, of course, has been a pipeline for um, the community. It's mm -hmm. been a pipeline for industry. And so even now we're creating opportunities for these students while they are in school. And so all of that to say this, you have to make the connection. Mm. Um, and students can recognize the connection sometimes before they can even see how the process unfolds. If you can kind of be waiting at the, the way lines, okay, just get here, just get here. We just need you to get you this, to this spot. And then we'll help you see the rest of the way. Wow. It makes a, a, a difference. Yeah. Wow. What are some, what are some myths or, or what, what are some things that, we, because we, we want, okay, so we, we've discussed, you know, the importance and the need of going to college or uh, even going and to receive a, a trade. What are some myths or some things that we should maybe debunk or talk about as it relates to HBCU? What, what would be some pros of uh, going to that type of institution? Definitely. Well, our HBCUs give a quality education. But most importantly, they give a quality experience. As we all know, of course, being professionals, it is very much so about learning your skill set, but it's also about forming the relationships that help you get to these places. Um, I love that you talked about employability, um, Marjay. And so for me and for what an HBCU experience gives you is you it gives you a different level of employability because not only do you have a skill set not only do you, are you getting a quality education but you also are building a network HBCUs have to produce a product right mm -hmm. and we also recognize that the industry the community, the support that's offered into HBCUs is because they are specifically going and wanting to get this particular individual. So that connection that's being made, that being viewed as an individual and not as a number, it's a shared responsibility. The community sees it, the alums see it, the industry sees it. And so when you're in a space such as the HBCU, 
you're in a space where people are going to connect with you and they're going to make sure that you are employable because again, the branding, we're trying to reshape the branding of what people think about when it comes to HBCUs, you yes. know? Oh, well, yes. that's not as 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 great of a school as this particular institution because yes. it's an HBCU. Well, we know that, you know, we're we're not in a vacuum and don't hear these comments. Right. Um, so for us, we're putting that much more intentional effort into ensuring that our students are employable mm-hmm. and ensuring that we're meeting the needs of what the industry is requiring of them. So we're putting forth that extra effort with ensuring that our career services departs departments are top nine. We're ensuring that we are securing the relationships with our industries to say, hey, when your student graduates, we want them here. Mm-hmm. So again, creating that pipeline helps to rebrand. And of course, you're creating the product that's not only going to support the student, but also support the outcome of what you want your student to have. And that's, of course, is a job. Wow. Absolutely. Mark, what about you and on the community college level? Yeah, so I will say some of the myths that we do run into are specifically with those academic route students because career technical students, they they come in with a purpose. They know I'm coming here to take my coursework and I'm going straight into the workforce. So not too many myths there, but for those academic students, of course, we hear 13th grade. I'm going to see everyone I saw in high school if I go to the local one. It's just a waste of time. I'm just going to have to take those classes again when I get to the university or I even heard students say I'll lose my financial aid if I come to the community college first and so I think a lot of it is just like educating the students so definitely some of the things that I do when I'm talking to students is I pull those articulation agreements down to let them see what that pathway is going to be their two years here at the community college and say your institution that you're transferring to will honor these courses because of our accreditation and the articulation agreement that we've made with your institution and so my favorite line is over 450 of our academic courses were transferred to any four-year institution in the state (laughs) Like, I have to put that piece there because this starts to shape, okay, this is real. This is the real thing. I also tell our students, all of our academic instructors have at least a master's degree. So they are qualified and certified to teach these courses. And so you're going to take the same classes that you would take at the university those first two years. There'll be a little bit that's different, but most of those classes are the same. You're going to get them at a fraction of the cost. Um, and so just try to debunk some of those myths are sometimes a challenge, but I think if we continue to you know, spread the word and share the story, I think we can get there. You know, and that. I'm an HBCU grad as well, so I oh. understand exactly what Dr. Dunn Ross is talking about. And I'll tell you, that nurturing experience that I felt from the HBCU was impactful. Like, yes, I got my textbooks and my content, but I felt like my instructors were my parents. Like, they looked at it as if I was successful, then they were successful. And mm. so they held me accountable, and I really appreciated that experience. You know, being at Heinz, my um, my my first year there, <clears throat> I would tell you, I told people, I say, I felt it felt like Harvard on a hill. We used to call it, <laughs> we yeah. used to call it that back in 07, Harvard right. on a hill. It, I mean, it was just as challenging as uh, anything, and and I won't say this is statistically found, but uh, I know from just speaking with friends and and sharing coffee with them. 
they were telling us that the English department at uh, Heinz at that time was mm-hmm. harder than the English department at uh, the University of Mississippi right. and probably some others uh, in the state. Uh, but I felt like the type of education that I got there pushed me into my next and pushed me to mm-hmm. uh, to be better. And I would say that I've continued my education because of that foundation. So it, it all kind of boils back to the purpose of why. Um, you know, like Dr. Uh, Ross explained, you know, hey, some are probably just going in, you know, or I'm going in, I'm just trying to fill, fill, fill my way through. Like my, my kid who's just, I'm dropping out because basketball coaching sent me out. What? You know, maybe no one really had that time um, and really poured in, into him is what I'm thinking um, so that he could understand, hey, I, I, it, it really for all our athletes, after the after you know, you playing, you know, your, your, your sport, uh, in particular, what, what else are you, you know, what are you, what else are you majoring, you know, in, um, but of course, you know, for many athletes, uh, the, the goal is to go to the NBA or go to the NFL, which you should, uh, I'm not, I'm not knocking that one, one, you know, a, a bit, but I gave a shout out to my godson on, on one of my podcasts and he's going to be, a. a I think it's optometrician. It's basically, you know, he wants to uh, be an eye doctor, and mm-hmm. I'm so proud of him. He said, you know, GD, uh, first goal is to go to NFL. You know, I put all this time in, and I want to go to NFL. But if I don't, I'm gonna be a local eye doctor. I said, what? You know, I did. That wasn't a prof. I didn't even think of a profession of that nature back when I was in school. And so I always shout out him and, and, and want to recognize him uh, at, at, I think he's 18, maybe 19, one of them ages, but to be at his age to even have a plan B that might turn out to be his plan A. So special mm-hmm. kudos to him. What are some final thoughts or some final um, voice or, or words that you could give to uh, someone who's going to listen to the podcast, who's struggling to decide whether they should go to college, whether they should attend a community college, whether they should attend a PWI, whether they should attend a HBCU. What are what are your final thoughts? And then I got a few, like maybe two or three questions that's just on the surface. We we will kind of uh, peel back and then uh, the season finale be coming to a close. But what are your thoughts? What are some final words you would give to someone who's listening? Either one sure. of them. Well, um, again, I just think that this this podcast is extremely necessary and these conversations are extremely important. And for our students who are contemplating um, if they will attend a higher education institution, whether it's a community college, a HBCU, um, whatever their desire, it's important for you to know that we are ambassadors of the field. And so, um, of course, we talked earlier about, you know, the influencers and, you know, all of these other very exciting, very relevant, very new um, job and careers that, of course, students are interested in. But, um, and that's wonderful and great. And, and shout out to the influencers. They're wonderful um, because we get our culture from them, right? Um, but I will say that as an advocate for higher education, as a um, promoter of what this experience can give, it's our job to try to recruit you. 
it's our job to try to get you to come to us and, and consider us for what your future may bring. And again, I, I love the terms that uh, Mark J said with, with being employable, um, because of course, History shows us that, you know, higher education institutions are here for a reason. And of course, those who um, have attended those institutions have achieved those deg degrees. There, there is some longevity and some statistics that help support that they have done well and have been successful and have been able to live fulfilled lives um, with achieving those degrees. So um, as higher ed advocates, we're definitely say, come see us. We want you here. We want you in our HBCUs. We want you in our community colleges. We want you at Lamont Owen College. We want you at Heinz Community College. Um, we just want you, but most important, we want you to be successful. And um, whatever we can do in order to help support that, that's what we're here for. You sparked my curiosity. I was, I was, I was, the light bulb had came on. Why aren't we the influencers? Mm -hmm. and we are to a certain extent but I mean are you getting what I'm saying you know we're not on the social media platforms like we should be or we're not really we we, we don't promote um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the or, experience or do yeah, this enough you know this con this conversation to be exact mm -hmm. there's not enough of it um, mm -hmm. to see that I could go and get a career and be successful and could live in this in, in this mansion or or, 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 or even just being a part and giving back to the community. Why aren't we influencers? That's going to be a topic in season two. I just, I, 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 it's, it's, it's important. It's important. You just heard it. One of the episode titles, I've I got to do it. I don't know who I'm going to bring in, but I know that, I mean, as soon as you said it, I said, you know, if, if I'm looking at, uh, Jay-Z or I'm looking at Bill Gates or any of, of, of those people who influence um, the, the world, why aren't, why, why don't we, you know, what, what is holding mm -hmm. us back from sharing our experience and mm -hmm. uh, bringing it, I mean, teacher shortage. Yeah, there are some things that, you know, about being in that profession that we all wish would be better, pay and some of the things that go on in the school or, you know, whether it's in your building or district level, but there are some educators who love it and who got it down to a science, but they're not influencers. Yeah, in their classroom, but you're not influencing the colleague. You're not influencing someone who's in the uh, education program. You know, why not? Because you're not sharing your story. Yeah. And so it's, it's those things. So I don't know, maybe a share your story moment or something. I got to do something. Mark, go ahead and, hit, and, 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 and give your uh, final words uh, uh, about this, about this topic, you know, empower uh, that, that listener who is looking for uh, institution uh, to attend. What would you say? I would definitely say um, just take some time and figuring out a couple of avenues of like careers that you're wanting to do, majors, programs of study, things of that nature. And then start the research process on your own. Like start out saying, you know, well, looking at the community college, looking at the HBCU, look at these four-year institutions. These are the ones that spark me just from looking on their website. I always say the website, the homepage of a website tells you a lot about an institution, yes. who, what they really care about and who they're for. Um, and so getting some of those pieces together and then reaching out because on the professional side, I'm ready to meet you where you are. 
even if you say, hey, this is what I'm interested in. I don't know how to get started. I don't even know if this is possible. I'm going to meet you where you are. And then I got the journey for you. We're going to be on it together and we're going to shape this experience together. So just know that there are people out there rooting for you. There are people ready to help you. Um, and I could talk about this all day. Y'all know all Look, Marjay, I had, I had a thought. You remember us uh, decorating the RA rooms? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we was decking the rooms out, Mark. Decking them out. And then don't let it be a trick coming. We got somebody, uh, maybe laying in the bed or somebody over there at the desk. Right. Don't, don't come to Sheffield slash Woolly. What side are you on? You on the Sheffield side? On the Sheffield side or the Woolly side? <laughs> I will say that the Woolly side was the best side. <laughs> listen, I mean, it, it, when you talked about that and create those experiences, listen, shout out to Student Affairs. Everybody who has a part in it. Oh, I, 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 I'm reminiscing on my college experience, even when I came. Oh, I mean, the the the, the residence hall uh, that I stayed in was Williams Hall. It wasn't up to par, but you know what? The the staff that was there made me feel like home. Uh, I mean, home so much that some some holidays I would stay on campus just to volunteer for students who were foreign, and I, I just I I wanted to do my part. Um, and then every time I go to class, that wasn't the thing. You know, my mom would probably, my mom didn't play about education and she still does <laughs> not play about education. So I, I, I mean, again, you find out your purpose, you find out who you do it for and mm -hmm. at the end of the day, do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. You know, you, you, owe, you owe this to yourself to continue. We're lifelong learners. We're always learning. It's kind of go back to that cat analogy. We're always learning. And so uh, I'm just shout out to everyone who, uh, if you're not, go back, you know, and if you're getting ready to go, I, I salute you. Kudos to you. And if there's anything that I could do or any of our guests, I, I know that we will and, and, and that we will uh, try to help in any way. I, I plan on doing more talks like this to kind of um, help push the envelope and push the uh, radar and push the scale. So I just want to kind of throw that out there. Before we go, Dr. Dunn, it's, we're closing out Women's History Month. And I always tell people, we, of course, we, it's a month. I celebrate women all year long. But I would be uh, dismayed if I did not. Doc, first of all, happy Women's History Month to you. Thank it's you. Woman mm -hmm. in my life. Uh, but would you know? Hey, there's some women who have influenced you. You know, down your journey. Would you share how many of you? Share how the women who have uh, yeah. influenced me. Yeah, oh, yeah. of course. So definitely, my mama. Come on, mama. mama. <laughs> and of course, not just from a nurturing standpoint, but even from a professional standpoint. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about making those connections, and for me. I saw my mom get up every morning and she had a business suit on. And for me, that was what I wanted to do. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I didn't know what that looked like, but seeing her every morning, click, clack and heels. And of course with her, <laughs> with her attire, I, I recognized that what she did was important. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that what she did was important. There were nights of course, where, you know, she would come home late and my daddy would be the one to make sure that we, you know, were fed for the night and made sure that our homework is done. And so for me, 
it was her recognizing that she can do it, that she can, you know, be a, an important figure for something that was outside of us, but yeah. also come home and be exactly what we need. So mm. I, I most definitely would say that that was my influence was, was her um, because of course it shaped me who I am um, and what I wanted to be professionally, but seeing how she was able to manage it all and be able to get us up on Sunday morning and cook a full course meal, comb our hair, get us dressed and send us out for Sunday school at 930 that morning. How in the world? How in the world? Um, so definitely my influence was my mom. I got to see both sides, seeing how she was making moves, of course, in the business, in her business and in her profession. But then, of course, seeing how she was taking care of home. Definitely who I am today. Just a maybe. I, I just, uh, uh, Mark, I, I mean, it's Women's History Month. Are, you, who, are we highlighting Ethel? Absolutely. Yes, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I will say, my mama, I saw this um, video on Instagram last night and it, it really like hit me. I watched it like 15 times and it was um, Denzel Washington and he said a mother's first love is, no, a son's first love is his mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then a mother's last love is her firstborn son. Mm. Like her son's period, but he was like, their firstborn has a special place in their mother's heart. And so I'm my mother's firstborn son. <laughs> um, and I will say, like, I'm a mama's boy. I, I'm not afraid to tell you, like, even when it comes to anything, if my mama called me right now and say, you got to get off this podcast because you, I need you right now. I'm going to be like, I love you, Ernest. <laughs> Dr. Ross, but I got to go check out my mama. Mm-hmm. Um, she has been there through every avenue of my life. She's seen me at my best and she's seen me at my worst. And the love hasn't changed. And so the unconditional love. Um, and she has supported me even in things of, I tell people all the time, when I was getting ready to come to college, my mom was like, I don't know where, I don't know how to help you. I don't know what's Mm -hmm. the first step. I don't know what you need, but just know I'm going to do what you need me to do. And if this only to support you and and get you to places, that's what I'm going to do. And so though she wasn't familiar with the process, she made sure that every step of the process that she would ask a question, did you get the application that I don't know what application is, did you get it done? It's everything on track. Do you have everything you need? And you know, like everybody else was talking about, well, mama's doing this, well, mama's doing that. And I was like, yeah, my mama's just showing up. And for me, that was enough. That was enough. And so I thank her for always being enough, more than enough in everything that I need. Listen, we- That was beautiful. Yeah, we shout out all, all the moms. We especially these moms, uh, I, I got a chance to meet them both and they are one of a kind. And uh, Tara, I need to see your mom again. It's been so long. Oh my God. It's been a while. It's you been know, a while. Mom, the picky is just- Yes, <laughs> she's a whole thing now. She's retired <laughs> and yeah, she's a whole thing. <laughs> and Mark only lived 
Marshall, tell, tell Mark Lee about 12 minutes from me. Do you know we don't see each other like we supposed to? I tell why. But but we, we said we made a promise to each other. We're going to do better. We're going to so do better. Let's do better. We're, do better. Gonna, we're, we're gonna try to do better. And then Mark, we're going to drive to Memphis so we go see Dr. Yeah. I know. She's I'll just. Don't you about me. Don't you try. Don't you think it. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Listen, hey, this has been an awesome season finale with some awesome friends and also awesome uh, people that I care about. Listen, when you go and watch this Spotify uh, podcast, share it. Don't keep it to yourself. What we put out um, here today, oh my, I'm just full and, 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 and I couldn't have asked for a better season finale. Um, uh, again, the, the topic was a much needed conversation and I'm so thankful to Bloxy for allowing me to do Coffee Break with Ernest. Thank you, thank you, thank you to uh, both of my co-hosts and all of our season, all of our season co-hosts. Uh, shout out to you guys. Hey, I can't wait till my Coffee Break cups come in. I'll be sending you all cups so you can have a look. Now, now Mark, I told Dr. Ross, don't put my cup on just on her desk to collect, you know them cups you got on desk that collect a little dust. Mm -hmm. Don't have my cup on. Put a little water in at least. You know what I Look, put a little water in at least, Mark. You know you won't put a little plant in it or whatever. It ain't gonna be. Easy, you know, just, no, I'll show it. Candy in it, you know, a little something. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on now. But uh, I'm excited about those to come out as well. But listen, we're getting ready to sign out. Hey, uh, you go get you a cup of coffee or tea or water or whatever you're going to do. Thank y'all so much for an amazing season. And thank you, co-hosts, so much. Special shout outs to you as well and everything you're doing. Blessings and peace to you. Until next time, until season two, everybody. Hey, thank y'all so much and peace.